This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible. You're listening to Plaxmere Christian Fellowship. Total commitment to Christ. Welcome to this broadcast from the Flexmere Christian Fellowship. Thank you for tuning in. Today's message extract is from our guest speaker, Elder Roger Curtis, who will be relieving Pastor Nigel Woodley in today's message. Up first is worship from Cochrane & Co. Church, Take Me Back, Anne Wilson, Sunday Sermons, Katie Nicole, In Jesus' Name, God of Possible, and concluding with Crowder, Good God Almighty. There was a time that I swore I would never go back. I was blind to the truth, didn't know what I had I was running, I was searching But every place I turned for heat Left me more broken than the last Take me back to the place that feels like home To the people I can depend on To the faith that's in my bones Take me back a preacher and a verse where they see me at my worst to the love I had at first. Oh, I want to go to church. Trying to walk on my own, but I'm wound up alone. Now I'm making my way to the foot of the cross. It's not a trophy for the winners. It's a shelter for the sinners And it's right where I belong Take me back To the place that feels like home To the people I can depend on To the faith that's in my walls Take me back To a preacher and a verse Where they've seen me at my worst To the love I had at first Oh, I want to go to church Red letters coming off the page Flooding my heart with amazing grace 
out of that church, but you can't take the church out of me. Gonna have my worries, well that's part of life. But then I think of those stories about what my God can do. Jesus. 
Roger Curtis from the Flaxmere Christian Fellowship fills in for Pastor Nigel Woodley with his message extract, Body of Christ. Okay, the Body of Christ. It's good to see you here today, people. It's good that you're at church today. You may be at church today, and I know there's going to be church in heaven. doesn't necessarily mean to say that you're going to get to heaven because you come to church. You need to get to know the owner of the church. We need to get to know the owner of the place. Amen? That's what God's interested in. When the Jewish people were, were attending church 
on their Sabbath because they weren't coming with a whole heart towards God. He said, shut the doors. I'm not interested in your sacrifices. I'm not interested in what you're doing. Shut the doors. Well, we don't want these doors shut, do we? No way. And we want God to be interested about what we're doing. Is that right? But more important than that is that we need to be doing what God wants us to do. Amen? So these things that I'm bringing you, really, we're on a journey. And we're going to be on a journey until we reach heaven. Is that right? And we can be on individual journeys, but we're also together as a body of Christ, as part of the body of Christ. The body of Christ is not perfect. Is that right? There's, some, there's some, still some stuff that Jesus needs to do with us in order to mature us, that we grow up in the faith. So I'm talking about restoration of the body of Christ this morning. And God's pattern of restoration is the same throughout the ages. God is interested in restoring things. You see, when, when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and everything just, you know, the whole atmosphere changed, there was that separation from God because they sinned, God has always been in the business of restoring that relationship. God is in the business of fixing up and restoring things. And it's no different with the body of Christ. But I want to show you this morning that it is very similar to what he's doing with Israel. And Israel and the church, are, are, there's a tie there. His name is Jesus. <laughs> there's a tie. And God's pattern of restoration is the same whether he's dealing with Jew or Gentile. You name whatever race you want to name, God's pattern or the way he restores people and nations to himself is the same. So let's have a look at Ezekiel 37. Now many of you will know this story. You might have read it many times. In chapter 36, the Lord was talking about restoring Israel. But then the prophet Ezekiel well, let's read it. The Lord took hold of me and I was carried away by the Spirit to a valley filled with bones. So this was obviously a spiritual experience going on here with the prophet. Okay, It wasn't like I'm looking at you and you're looking at me right now. This was something that was going on with Ezekiel in the Spirit. So the vision that he saw was not an actual valley filled with actual dry bones. This was a vision of of the Spirit. You understand? Must be very clear about this because I tell you, God loves painting pictures. One picture, one snapshot can, can mean a thousand words. And this is why God speaks to us in these ways many times, through pictures, through visions. And he led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. So not only did the Spirit of God take Ezekiel to this valley, he started leading him round the bone. Now, why was he doing that? Have a good look, Ezekiel. Have a really good look. Don't just stand up on the hill and look down. Let's get down amongst the bones and have a really good look. They were scattered everywhere across the ground and were really completely dried out. He was showing, or he was beginning to show Ezekiel something here. So he took him for a walk. 
Now, the picture of a valley, why wasn't it on a mountain? Why wasn't it in a, in a beautiful forest? He's talking, he's, he's, he's talking to Ezekiel, he's talking to his spirit. A valley is a low place. We talk about going through valleys in our lives. They're not, they're not pleasant places to go through, is that right? We'd rather be out of the valley and walking on the plain, is that right? And amongst the grass and the sunshine, valleys can be a place of darkness. This valley here was a dry valley. And the bones were really dry. But you know what? I like these two little words. But God. But God. See, this is an impossible situation here. This is a situation that no man can fix. And the Lord was... Have, have a look, Ezekiel. Then he asked me, Son of man, can these bones become living people again? These dry, mixed up, valley full of bones, can these become living people again? Who knows when God asks a question, he's not really interested in our answer. Who's learnt that over the years? Eh? God's not looking for the answer, he already knows the answer. I think Ezekiel knew the Lord, because he answered, like the Apostle John, he said, you alone know the answer to that, God. He sort of hit the ball right back into God's court. Well, that's the way to deal with it, because... We think we're pretty clever, but see, but God. We have a valley of dry bones here, but God. You see, God looks at something that's, that's wretched and useless and wasted and dry and dead, but God has a plan of restoration. Amen? And the nation of Israel had become like this valley of dry bones. Now, before we go a step forward here, we may just have to take a step back. Why had Israel become like this valley of dry bones? Let's have a, let's have a look at a few things because we can tie this up with, with experiences in our own lives. And we need to look at this here because God can teach us all something. It's not a, it's not a matter of looking back and pointing the finger and saying, Oh, Israel, you naughty people you silly people, you dumb people, because these situations are all common to man. All right? And the restoration I'm talking about is common to man. So if we can end up a little bit dry, it's because of some reasons. And, and, and funny enough, the same reasons why Israel ended up like this valley of dry bones is the same way we can get really dry as well. So we need to look at some of those reasons. The first one, disobedience. Disobedience can lead to a dryness in the spirit. I've just made a quick note here. What did I say here? That's right. God had talked about the people of Israel being disobedient because they had stony hearts, hard hearts, hearts of unbelief. Disobedience had led them ending up in this valley of dry bones. So maybe you've been disobedient. Maybe your heart's been hard to the word of the Lord. That will lead to dryness in your spirit. What's the next one, Rachel? Complaining. They murmured. They grizzled. They moaned. Everyone say moan. Everyone say groan. And grizzle. Say grizzle. Complaining. 
the people were doing this all the time. They had a problem with God. God was wanting to bless them. God was wanting to prosper them, to heal them. But they complained. They complained not only about God, they complained about the leaders that he sent them. They complained about their kings, their prophets. They ignored them. They said, that's not the word of the Lord. We don't want to hear it. And this is how they ended up in this valley of dry bones. So watch out. What's the next one, Rachel? Idols. Well, the children of Israel, they preferred to worship idols. Oh, but you say, Roger, no, we're not like that. We don't have those, those idols anymore. We have plenty of our own idols these days, don't we? Hey? They're called Holdens. <laughs> All right, Fords. Hey? Maybe Yamahas. Man, we've got idols coming out our ears. The children of Israel went and worshipped these idols. They ended up sacrificing their children on these altars. Is it any different today? I know a lot of families that are, the parents are so tied up with themselves, the kids are suffering, the kids are dying because of the worship of idols. I know another one, Tui, DB, Lion Reed. Man, it's got very quiet. Idols, lots and lots of idols. Sacrificing stuff to idols. They wanted to be like the nations around them. Well, as Christians, we can't, we can't have that desire to be like the people around us. God separates us to worship the true and living God. But they wanted to go back to those useless idols. And it's never ceased to amaze me how man can find a tree, carve it up, place it in front of him and maybe with a bit of glue or something, making sure it doesn't fall over, and then he gets down on his knees and worships it. But you know what I mean? It's something that man has created, and yet he'll sit down before it and say, well, this is the idol that's going to bring me prosperity, it's going to bring me health, whatever, but he's the one that made it. I think there's something a little bit... Hey, there's something not, there's a thought process there that, that's not quite working. Come on. If we're going to worship something, shouldn't he be God Almighty, something a bit bigger than us, that's worth worshipping, that's worth bowing down to, not something that I've made with my hands? How dumb is that? Come on. Idolatry. Idols. There's hundreds of them around, but idols take you away from God. Now, here's a good one. See, our life, and I'm talking true Zoe life, the life of the Spirit comes to us when we're connected to Jesus. That's the way we receive this life of the Spirit. This is the life that's going to take us from planet Earth to heaven. Amen? Amen. We've got to be connected to Jesus. But so many people are coming to church but they don't know the owner of the church. Oh, did I say that earlier? Oh, might be worth repeating. We need to be connected to Jesus, otherwise we're going to dry out. Another reason is because Jesus in the Bible is the head of the... He's head of the body. That's us. Now the first church, if you read about the first church in the book of Acts... 
There was a lot of really awesome stuff going on there. That, that body of believers, even though thousands of them were brand new believers, what was really different there to maybe what we have today with, with thousands and thousands of churches is that the men who were leading that church in those days were closely connected with Jesus. They'd walked with Jesus for the last three years. They'd listened to him. They'd been taught by him. They'd experienced Jesus. They were connected to him. They'd witnessed his death and his resurrection. These apostles were connected to Jesus. They knew the head of the church and there was awesome stuff happening in that first church. Amen? The body was functioning properly because the leaders were connected to the head. Now let's go back to that Ezekiel reading again, Rachel, please. Now God asked the prophet a question which he didn't want answered. What he wanted was Ezekiel to say, now tell me what the answer is. So Ezekiel did. Alright? He let God speak. Is that a good idea? Okay? Too often we're in the position of and God's trying to say something but we're Ezekiel knew the Lord and he knew that God had something on his mind here. God had restoration on his mind. But how the restoration would take place Ezekiel wasn't going to find out until he opened his ears. Amen? Can you see you need to be relating it we need to be relating it to us because God does these things. This pattern of restoration is going to be the same with any of us. Amen? So he was in the process of, I want to restore some things here. So the first thing he did, this is, this, God began to speak, and he said to Ezekiel, speak a prophetic message to these bones, and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. The first step in restoration is a prophetic message. Let me, let me relate it back to us. Before you became a Christian, and I'm talking about even you kids that may have been Christians just about all your lives, you needed to hear the word of God. Is that right? There needs to be the word of God preached in power to begin this process of restoration in anybody's life. This is how God works. Funny that. So when you're telling people about Jesus, you're into restoration because they are way out of order where they are. As a matter of fact, their destination is death and hell. But God does not want them to end up in hell. But the only way they're going to truly turn to God is when they hear the prophetic message when they hear the word of God. So that was the first step. The second step, Rachel, go further down, there had to be the spirit of God as well. This is what the sovereign Lord says, come, O breath from the four winds, breathe into these dead bodies so they may live again. So the first step was the word of God coming through prophetic word, but the, net, the other step that brought revival, that, that brought about restoration was the action or the works of the Spirit of God here. Amen? That's the steps of restoration. Amen? Amen. That was Elder Roger Curtis filling in for Pastor Nigel Woodley. 
Thank you for tuning into this broadcast from the Flexmere Christian Fellowship. You're listening to the Flexmere Christian Fellowship. Total commitment to Christ. This program was produced by and first broadcast on Radio Hawke's Bay, a community access media station. Thank you to New Zealand On Air for making this type of programming possible.